Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. We only have one reading today, 2 Kings chapter 9, kind of short. That's okay. I, I, I was rushing to get up here anyway, and I needed a little extra time, so that helped me. For those of you who may be new, we're normally reading about two to three chapters a day. So today, this is normally what they give us on a Monday, just kind of an easy, an easy uh, chapter, working through it. So we will start off by looking over to this day in trivia history, and here is a little puzzle for you. Why is the letter F like death? Because it makes all fall. Very true. And how about this? Groucho Marx. Speak when you're angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Sounds like something Groucho Marx would say. And let's see. The Little Mermaid statue. This is, this is fun for me because I saw the Little Mermaid statue when I was on the ship we sailed in to Denmark and to Copenhagen there, and I got to see it on the rock as you come into the port. It's not very big, but it's, it's very famous. The mermaid statue uh, there posed on the rock. It was built it, on this day, August 23rd, 1913. It was um, commissioned. No, it was commissioned in 1909. Okay, so why is this 1913? I don't know. What I do know is what this says here is that this statue has been vandalized many times. i trying to remember, honestly, if the head was missing when we, when we went by it because the head's been sought off at least two times, three times. People like to take it as a, a, mem- <laughs> as a trophy. And the, the arms have been sawn off. The, the uh, body's been spray-painted with political s- slogans. Uh, he's had all kinds of issues, poor thing. But uh, let me see. Oh, and it's often dressed up in various outfits, it says. (laughs) It was modeled after a famous ballerina uh, that uh, a certain man who commissioned it saw her face anyway. And let me see. Slavery was abolished, or at least, no. It was the act was passed on August 23rd, 1833. Think how early that was. But it was for the British colonies went into effect August 1st, 1834, a year later. The act did not extend to the territories in the possession of East India Company or in certain islands, and it only freed slaves below the age of six. It's very <laughs> Six. They didn't even raise it to 15 or 16, no, only below six. Older slaves had to continue to work as apprentices. So they were freed, but they were apprentices? Hmm. Well, anyway, it finally ended in 1838. And let me see, Benjamin Franklin. This is very interesting. I got to see if my daughter Abby knows about this because she lives in East Tennessee. East Tennessee declares itself an independent state in 1784 on the state. Bet you didn't know that, did you? East Tennessee declares itself an independent state, choosing the name Franklin in honor of Benjamin Franklin. Its legitimacy was denied by the U.S. Congress and it ceased to exist in 1788. So for four years, really, 
it sounds like they were considering themselves the state of Franklin, an independent state from West Tennessee. Isn't that interesting? I did not know that. Um, first successful man-powered flight was in 19... 19- <laughs> this is, this is uh, 1977. I think they might have their date wrong here. August 23rd is 1977. Brian Allen flies Paul McCready's. Oh, 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 Gossamer, man-powered flight. I thought you'd say first successful. When I was thinking man, I was thinking engine-powered, man-powered. Okay, okay. No, this is, this is con- con- totally correct. The guy on the bike, he had a little bicycle inside this little uh, clear cockpit with these enormous wings, like 60 feet wide. And he flies for three miles, pedaling as hard as he can. He was only about, he was only about 10 feet off the ground. And uh, so, yeah, it was 1977. There you go. And World War II, Germany begins bombing or flying night raids on London on this date in 1940. And that's been seen in many, many a movie, um, how, that, how sad that was and what happened there. So let's um, go over and begin our reading for today. don't really have anything lined up on, on the dad jokes today. But we will go into the word this morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the today. And just we ask that you would guide us, direct us, as you always do. Thank you for those that might be new joining us. And we ask God that they would also find these times um, very edifying and building up in our inner man, our inner woman, our spirits, God. Thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Kings 9. Now, Elisha, the prophet, called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Gird up your loins and take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth-Gilead. When you arrive there, search out Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Nimshi, and go in and Bid him arise from among his brothers and bring him to an inner room. Then take a flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not wait. So the young man, servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. When he came, behold, the captains of the army were sitting, and he said, I have a word for you, O captain. And Jehu said, For which one of us? And he said, For you, O captain. And he arose and went into the house and poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. You shall strike the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab every male person, both bond and free in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. The dog shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel. None shall bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one of them said, Is all well? Why did this mad fellow come to you? And he said to them, You know very well the man and his talk. And they said, It is a lie, tell us now. And he said, thus and thus, he said to me, thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then they hurried and each one took his garment and placed it under him on the bare steps and blew the trumpet saying, Jehu is king. Jehoram or Joram 
is assassinated. Verse 14. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram, with all Israel, was defending Ramoth Gilead against Haziel, king of Aram. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to be healed of his wounds with the Aramines, which the Aramines had inflicted on him when he fought with Hazael, king of Aram. So Jehu said, If this is your mind, then let no one escape or leave the city to go tell it in Jezreel. And Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel. For Joram was lying there. Ahaziah, the king of Judah, had come down to see Joram. Now the watchman was standing on the tower of Jezreel, and he saw a company of Jehu as he came, and he said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take a horseman, send him to meet them, and let them say, Is it peace? So the horseman went to meet with him and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What have you to do with peace? Turn behind me. And the watchman reported. The messenger came to them, but did not return. Then he sent out a second horseman who came to them and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What have you to do with peace? Turn behind me. The watchman reported. He came even to them, and he did not return. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi. And he drives furiously. Then Joram said, Get ready. And they made his chariot ready. And Joram, king of Israel, and Haziah, king of Judah, went out, each in his chariot. And they went out to meet Jehu and found him in the property of Naboth, the Jezreelite. When, when Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace, so long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. So Joram reigned about and fled and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Azahiah. And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength and shot Joram between his arms. And the arrow went through his heart and he sank in his chariot. Then Jehu said to Bidkar, his officer, Take him up and cast him into the property of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For I remember when you and I were riding together after Ahab, his father, that the Lord laid this oracle against him. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord, and I will repay you in this property, says the Lord. Now then, take and cast him into the property according to the word of the Lord. Verse 27, when Ahaziah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house. And Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him too in the chariot. So they shot him at the ascent of Gir, which is at Iblim. But he fled to Megiddo and died there. Then his servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in his grave with his fathers in the city of David. Now in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah became king over Judah. And Jehu came to Jezreel. Jezebel heard of it. And she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. And Jehu entered the gate and she said, Is it well, Zimri, your master's murderer? Then he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? And two of three officers looked down at him. And he said, 
throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled her underfoot. When he came in, he ate and drank, and he said, See now to the cursed woman, and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. They went to bury her, but they found nothing more than her skull and her feet and her palms of her hands. Therefore they returned and told him and said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke by the servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the property of Jezreel the dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel will be the dung on the face of the field of the property of Jezreel. So they cannot say this is Jezebel. (laughs) What do you say after reading a chapter like that? Um, Don't mess with God, that's for sure. This is God making a statement against both the king of the north and the king of the south. That um, when you operate in unrighteousness, when you turn away from him, you will find judgment. You will be judged. Now, they... They each were continuing in the way of Rehoboam was the king of the south, and he was the one that was going to decided he was going to, really not going to follow his father very well, not like a Solomon anyway. But um, Jeroboam left and said, "I'm not going to follow you if you're going to be harsh on us." And he goes up to Dan and he builds the the um, the altars, the golden calves, you know, one in Dan, one in Bethel. And starts this horrible worship. And what they do is they go back to what the Canaanites were doing before Joshua ever entered into the land. And this is why sin has to be dealt with. This whole, this whole scenario is giving us an insight, even into the New Testament, of the destructiveness of sin. And therefore, when the Bible says to put off the flesh, to put on Christ, uh, that we must crucify the flesh... We must consider ourselves dead to sin. You have to take that extremely serious because we look at stories like this and go, man, what a bunch of idiots. Why not follow God? That's so much better. And yet we get tempted into the flesh just like these kings did. And Ahab and Jezebel went to the farthest extremes of going into the flesh. And we see now God judges them. And we see prophecy in action. Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. You will be in the field. You'll be eaten by the dogs. Your blood will be licked up. You'll be, you'll be killed. All of these things. And we have the prophecy in the New Testament that those who practice unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God. And Paul lists these sins. And it's amazing to me how many people go, well, yeah, but that doesn't really apply to me. He says, okay, drunkards won't get into the kingdom of heaven. Well, okay. I mean, that was, but not me. I, I just, I'm, I'm just an alcoholic and blah, blah, blah. I just drink every day. Or I, I live with my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, and I don't think adultery or fornication really applies to me. And it, yes, it does. Anyway, we need to keep those things in perspective, bring the teachings of the Old Testament into the New Testament, into a way that we can get a a better grasp for ourselves. What we want to do is we read through the Bible, we want to read these stories, and be, in this case, be totally shocked by it, and be just sickened by it, so that we can look at that and go, man, I don't want to ever find myself in that kind of a situation. 
I desire to follow after God with my whole heart, and I certainly don't want to fall into sin. That would just be, uh, or, or get sidetracked and get confused and not know what God's path is for me. God's path is for us to walk in freedom, in joy, in love, and follow his precepts. As we, as we just looked at on Sunday, following his commands, which are all written down, which, which we would say are teachings, they're commands in the sense of, of words of life to follow those things. Okay, August 23rd, couldn't pull it up right to put it on the teleprompter, so I got it over here. This is Charles Spurgeon. Love and seek true wisdom. I love them who love me, and those who seek me early shall find me. Proverbs 8, 17. Wisdom loves her lovers and seeks her seekers. He is already wise who seeks to be wise. And he has almost found wisdom who diligently seeks her. What is true wisdom in general is specifically true of freedom embodied in our Lord Jesus. Him we are to love and to seek. And in return, we shall enjoy his love and find him. Our business is to seek Jesus early in life. Happy are the young whose mourning is spent with Jesus. Amen. It is never too soon to seek the Lord Jesus. Early seekers make certain finders. We should seek him early by diligence. Thriving tradesmen are early risers. And thriving saints seek Jesus eagerly. Those who find Jesus to their enrichment give their hearts to seeking him. We must seek him first and thus earliest. Above all things, Jesus Jesus first and nothing else, even as a bad second. The blessing is that he will be found. He reveals himself more and more clearly to our search. Happy men who seek one who, when he is found, remains with him forever. A treasure growing precious to the hearts and understanding. Lord Jesus, I have found thee. Be found of me to an unutterable degree of joyous satisfaction. That is a great encouragement (laughs) to keep going every morning as we read through the word together. Obviously, if you can get up earlier and read it on your own, be my guest, be my guest. But this is our way of getting together and holding each other accountable. And of course, for anybody in California, this is early. Uh, it's, It's at least seven. So, depending upon where you are, this can be early or a little later. But keep first things first. Keep seeking after him. And those who seek me, find me, Jesus says. So, let's continue to seek him. Father, thank you for this morning and for blessing us with our time together. And you are a great and loving and precious God. I want to thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and giving us this time together. And the way that you continue to bring us into a deeper understanding and tying these things together for us, God. We desire to walk in holiness, to walk in joy, to walk in deep understanding of you, but also the days we live in. We desire not to be, we don't desire not to be uh, uh, tempted or tricked or deceived. What we desire to be, God, is transformers that we can 
reach out and transform those around, see you transfer those around us, God. We want to be transformed by your power. We want to see you transform those around us into your servants, into holy ones. So thank you. Thank you for your miracle. Thank you for bringing so many of us out of the darkness and into the light. We pray for those that are seeking that now. You would continue to show them, God, how to find you and how to walk in the light. Thank you for your healing power, God, upon those that need it. We're praying this earnestly for Juan Carlos. Continue to heal him. Thank you for Anna, for her um, for continued faith in you and her joy, even as she has to deal with her physical ailments, God. But thank you, she is active online, an active prayer warrior, and encouraging other believers. Thank you for Maria Elena, God, who's not able to fellowship with us physically like Anna because of her physical condition, but we ask that you continue to bless her and that you would touch her and help her healer of this cancer as well as thank you for the um, the encouraging words a little bit. We've heard of Carmen and for her doing a little better but needs to kind of um, rest a lot more and not, not get too involved with her work situation. I ask you to bless uh, Victor as he's over in Mexico City. And pray for Raul, who's extremely sick, Lunguna del Valle, uh, son of Hortensia. Father, we just pray that you might keep him alive, at least, Father, long enough to know you, to receive you as Lord and Savior. And we pray you'd use Hortensia for this, to lead him in a prayer, so that he might go and be with you and receive a brand new body. And we pray for others, God, that are that are dealing with, with Hank and his wife for their healing and for their um longevity for their stability gosh physically in their lives for um karen skoog for celeste for steve uh, for bh all those other people god we lift them up we thank you for them and we pray god that you continue to work in our fellowship the number of people that have been coming it's been encouraging as well as the new people and god we pray you don't uh discourage the the people that are coming that are new that sometimes don't know anybody don't know uh, really how to get hooked in. We pray that you would help us reach out to them and be those that can can go beyond ourselves and give um, show up, I mean, and really minister in the gift of hospitality, the gift of love and mercy. So thank you. Use us, Father. Um, bless today as we got a lot of work to do, helping getting things done at the, the mission school. And, and Father, I pray you just help me in the study for tomorrow night as we be gathering together again around your word in Second Samuel. So thank you, Father. Thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. So God bless you guys. And uh, let me know if any of you were on Church Online, how that went. We're going to see. We were exper- We are experimenting with it. We don't have to use it, but it seems kind of fun. So I'm looking forward to see how it works out for us. So God bless you guys richly. We will see you again tomorrow at the same time. Bye-bye.